uh, you need to be able to ask those kind of dumb questions, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's a really excellent point. Maybe I'm curious to ask this question because I think that maybe academicians sometimes fail at to maybe make analogy for the complex idea. And, and that's something I think is not easy skill, you know, the storytelling or how you can, as you mentioned that you have to understand it in your own way and then deliver to the audience. But let me ask you first, how do you think you can taste the audience? Because it's challenging how they can cultivate their interest in this subject. Mm. How, how, how you can do that? Yeah, I think, I think to me in general, like I think that like I find, and this, I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm repeating myself a million times, but I really think it's about questions. It's about finding the right question, uh, sort of like, uh, it's almost like you're sculpting, you're, you're streamlining and shaping a question in such a way mm. to kind of ring a bell in someone's mind, you know, because I think we all have these questions that we sit with all the time. Um, and then, and, and, and if you can hear somebody else, whether it's me or anybody, ask that question that you've had, that you've never had an answer to, or you didn't even realize you had, um, then all of a sudden, then you're going to pay attention. Then the, then the audience is going to be with you. And in fact, they will go with you on a long journey to find the answer to that question, as long as they know that your question is their question too. Um, uh, so, so, you know, an example um, from the, uh, in the TV show I did from the clouds episode, mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, we start with this idea, although we never fully explain it, but, um, uh, the, the idea that, you know, the average cloud or like most clouds weigh more than a blue whale. And you're like, that's crazy. How is that true? How could that possibly be? How could it stay up there in the air? Right. Um, and, and so that's like a question that's like, that feels like a somewhat a universal question, right? That I think that mm -hmm. people would want to know the answer to, because it's, it's a little bit strange and unsettling. It's kind of funny. It's sort of a thing that maybe you wondered about when you were a kid, but then sort of put it away. And, and then, for, you know, if someone can bring up a, um, something and not necessarily about clouds, I mean, there are a million of these kinds of questions all around us. Um, um, and, and, you know, all different kinds of stories that I do are about different versions of, 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 of that. But, but, but in a way, it's like, if you, if you get, if you nail the question right at the beginning, I find um, mm. it's, it's a lot easier to get people to come along with you because they're like, yeah, what is, what is the answer to that? I have no idea. You're totally right. You know? Yeah. yeah. I really like this point. Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Maybe I'm curious to ask you about the documentary, uh, Shoe Series Love Connected. Sure. Why you started? How we get this idea? And when you just starting, what we wanted to do with like a documentary for audience. Yeah. How you get this idea? Yeah, we uh, there's there's sort of a bunch of ways that uh, I came to the idea. I was approached by a um, a production company, a really wonderful production company. Um, based in uh, New York, and they said that they wanted to make a science show uh, with me. Uh, and I said, oh, that's very exciting. I guess they had seen some of my earlier work and they were excited about it. And so, um, so I said, yeah, sure, let's try it. And I hadn't really given too much of a thought to doing something like that before, but then I kind of, I kind of like, uh, I, I spent a lot of time with the producers uh, at that production company talking about, you know, so many of my favorite science shows over the years, 
um, you know, there's, yeah. there's just so many of them, you know, like Cosmos and like, uh, there was an yeah. old BBC show called um, Connections, uh, yeah. or there, there are a whole bunch that I, I just really loved. And, um, and we would talk about those and kind of what, what was the fun, fun parts of them and what were the things that I think I could do differently or things I could bring. And, and their, their specialty was really, they, they, they had this idea that it would be fun because you think of a science show and you think of kind of like old school Bill Nye, the science guy where he's in a kind of a studio lab and he's like doing sort of fun gimmicky uh, kind of like experiments like on a or maybe in a in a field or something but th but the idea that they had was what if we made a science travel show where you go all over the world and you see scientists kind of in their in their natural habitat so to speak or like in the field like like actually doing the things that they they do like trying to study you know uh if it's if they're studying sewage we're going out into the sewers with them like that kind of thing and uh and that was very exciting to me and and the the, the opportunity to travel you know it's very pre-covid uh, uh the opportunity to just travel around the world and then also the idea that um yeah that i could you know i could like go and and actually watch some of these very dramatic exciting things happen um and then kind of as we developed the idea, one of the ideas we kind of had after that was, okay, if we're going to these places that are kind of far, far away from where, where our viewers actually are, um, mm -hmm. what's the way we can connect it back to them? What's the way that even if I'm telling you about something that's happening in the middle of the Sahara Desert where nobody's around, you know, why is it that that somehow should matter to you, you know, to you watching it on your couch, even though you've never been to the Sahara Desert or didn't really care about the Sahara Desert or don't think about the Sahara Desert in your daily life? Why would this matter to you? So then that, that kind of became the game. Like, how, what's the furthest kind of place we could go? And then what's the, what's the way we could make it relevant or connect it back um, to... Yeah, to, to, to just an ordinary person, you know, like you or me watching at home. That's wonderful. So maybe I'm curious to ask you, Leslie, since you have been at radio for many years and this TV show, do you think it was a challenge for you? Because I think when you have this intimate conversation or in the radio or the podcast, I mean, sometimes the audience can imagine something different. And But mm. when it comes to V, how do you see, it was a challenging for you did you really enjoy it? Uh, it was enjoyable, of course, but for you as an relative, do you think it was comfortable for you to do that? Yeah, I mean, it, to me, like it, it was definitely not comfortable. Isn't the word I would use because I was doing a new thing. I was trying a new thing, and and I certainly failed a, a number of times. Like uh, uh, and and like it, it was very difficult because like okay, so like imagine right now we're having this conversation, right? And that's this is usually for me like when I'm doing my podcast interviews and stuff, like this is how I do it, right? Like, it's like, I get to have a long, uh, at least an hour, maybe 90 minutes, maybe like a long conversation, very conversational, fun, uh, uh, informal, like you can kind of do it. And even now, especially you can do it in your own home. It's really, uh, um, it's, it's really simple, you know, it's like, and it's for most people, it's just like talking on the phone basically. 
Whereas in TV, it's, it's sort of a different game altogether. So, so imagine like I would have to fly to a place and maybe the researcher wasn't there. So researcher had to fly to that place. Then we go and we're, and then, you know, the, uh, we're meeting for the first time. Uh, and then we only have, because, you know, the, the camera people have to set up the shot. So you're awkwardly standing there. And then what we realize is, okay, we're going to start the interview. But before we start the interview, they, they tell me, look, the sun is over there. So we have the right lighting, but we're only going to have it for 15 minutes. So go. Uh, and then you have to do the interview, full interview in 15 minutes. And also they have to film it from both angles. So you might have to repeat a question here and then repeat it there. And then also, um, you know, these are scientists, a lot of them, so they're not used to being on camera um, mm. and, and they're kind of uncomfortable and self-conscious because of course they are, they should be. Um, you know, this is, a lot of people are gonna see this. So, so, they're, so they're, you know, they take a little while to warm up and, and, and feel comfortable, but we only have 15 minutes and I'm trying to ask questions really rapid fire because I have so many things I wanna cover. And yeah. tomorrow we're all flying all, all different places. So it, it, it's a very different way of interviewing people, of talking to people, of getting information. Um, it was exciting though. It's fun. There are, you know, other things that you get that you don't get in radio, like to be able to see the person's face light mm. up when they're talking about the thing that they, they think is so fascinating or that they, you know, this subject that they've, that they've fallen in love with. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, there's certainly, it's just trade-offs, you know, each medium I think has its, has its strengths, has its weaknesses. And for me kind of jumping into the new, the medium that was new for me of TV, um, I was really kind of uh, figuring it out as I was going along. Yeah, I'm curious to ask you in this journey traveling in many places, how you can figure out or maybe how you can find the science in tiny places or maybe you never heard about them. How this process, because sometimes it happens, you have a guest, I mean, it doesn't work, but how do you make sure these people in these places, they are the right fit for the show? Because in yeah. the industry, you want to make it successful. And that's also maybe tricky. I'm not sure how it works, but uh, I'm curious how you can find these science, how you make sure they are fit for the show. Do you think you have ever executed a certain part that doesn't fit the story in your yeah. show? Yeah, we have uh, like, and, and not because they weren't good, but we have definitely not include, we have cut interviews that I did maybe because usually because they just didn't fit in the, like when we were editing it for some reason, they didn't, for some reason or another, they didn't fit. But, but basically the job of making sure that the people I talk to are sort of right, that they can kind of, that they won't you know, that, that they know the subject matter, that they won't freeze up in front of the camera, that they'll sort of feel comfortable enough to, you know, uh, make jokes and, and you know, uh, talk yeah. casually. So that job, actually, I did not do that job. That job, um, so I had, I was very lucky to have a, a very excellent team of producers. Um, I'll just say their names really quick. There was Gretchen and Jay and Caroline and, um, yeah. and Mona um, and, and they were all working on the on the different uh, um, 
like they would do basically they would pre-interview. So before my, my actual on-camera interview, they would call up that person and they would say, okay, what they would, you know, do a much longer interview with them. They would figure out, you know, uh, uh, what they knew about the topic, what kind of like how, their style and manner of talking and whether that would be suitable for the documentary. They would also look to say, oh, okay, like, how can we, what does your research actually look like? What is your average day like? What would be the most interesting and, and, and visual place for us to interview you? And, and how would this work? And how would that work? And what, what, what do you think is the thing that people get wrong about your field that you would love to kind of correct? Like, so they were very, very good. And often they would do all of that kind of homework in a way. And then they would keep most of it from me so that I would be surprised, genuinely surprised when I, when I interviewed these people. Mm -hmm. um, so usually the way it would work is I, or sometimes they would kind of find a story and, um, and, and we would get excited about it and we would sort of structure the whole episode. And then it would be like, okay, now we have, now it's time for casting. Now we have to find the right people. And, uh, and it was, yeah, it was tricky. But um, but I was so lucky that they. I mean, in the the proof is in the in the in the series. I think we got so many just uh, talkers, scientists who were talking about their science. It, you know, will make you cry or make you gasp or make you you know laugh uh, uh, just because they were they were just excellent. I, I was so happy to be able to talk to all of the 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 people yeah. that I talked to. Wonderful. So maybe I'm curious to ask you why you hate listening to yourself or seeing yourself. <laughs> and that's interesting, you know, because first of all, we, as I mentioned, there's a consensus about you and it's really weird to find the criticism about you, just one or two. Most of the comments <laughs> are just really good and that's really great. But oh, uh, why why you hate, actually I hate listening to myself. And oh yes, so I think you understand, so, yeah. Yeah, but I'm curious, you are more experienced of course, but I'm curious why you have this feeling and you have a lot of success and why? I think, something, yeah. yeah, there's, I mean, there's something, I think there's something about, I feel like I've read and heard before, you know, it's like the, like hearing your own voice. Cause, cause when you actually hear your voice, ugh, I'm going to butcher this, but uh, it's like, it's resonating through your skull, right? You, you actually literally hear it in a different way mm -hmm. than you hear other people's voices. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then, and then when you hear your voice recorded and played back to you, as if you, as if you hear other people's voices, your voice sounds different to you. And, and I think in a, in a eerie way that you don't like, but, but I think more than that, um, besides just the kind of knee jerk, I just, you know, don't want to, it feels very self-involved and weird to, to watch yourself. Um, the, the thing that I think one of the other reasons is because it's funny, whenever I make something, anything I make, whether it's a, a, an, an article or a podcast or a, a, a TV episode, for me, I feel like I can see the, the seams, you know, like I can see all the choices that we made. Um, and, and not just like to, to say, okay, oh, I, I, I wrote that line of dialogue. So I know what I said, but you know what, I should have done that differently. Like I should have done that differently. I should have done that differently. And not only that, oh, I could have tweaked the word in here, or I could have cut this part, or I could have added that part. To me, it's also like, I also, because I was in the genesis of the project, I know 
what choices we didn't make, right? Like I know what we left on the table, what, what, what else was said in that interview that we maybe could have, should have used instead, or what we, um, you know, like th there's so much of it is just like me second guessing myself, which maybe I should or shouldn't do, but um, I'm just a, kind of, a, I'm very critical of myself. Um, and I can see all of those sort of things where it's like, oh yeah, that was good, but it might've been better if we did that or, or, oh, we could have actually, maybe I should have, I should have flipped the order of these two segments, or maybe we should have done this or that or the other thing. And I mean, I, I, I stand behind and feel good about everything I, I've, I've put out into the world, but, um, yeah. but still there's a kind of, there's a kind of a relentless, uh, uh, self criticism where you just want to, you want it to be better, you know, you always, and it always can be better. Yeah. That's great. And I don't know if you have ever received like criticism from science about show. Is this something of, that's like maybe a rare situation, yeah. but I don't know if you have received. Yeah, no, I, I have. I've definitely received uh, different kinds of criticism. Um, for example, I think one, a, a very good uh, and, a, and, a, and a right criticism that I, that I entirely understand um, is, uh, uh, for example, one of the episodes uh, is uh, about a kind of a, like a mathematical um, a principle called uh, Benford's Law. And, uh, and some of the criticism I got, and this is criticism I like actively sought out from my friends who are mathematicians and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, some of the criticisms I got were, you know, you made a great episode, but you actually don't explain it enough. Uh, this this thing that you spend this 45 minutes talking about how many ways to apply it and da, da 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 you don't explain why it happens enough. You could explain it more and you could explain it more using math. Um, and that's true, I could. And, and in fact, we kind of made a choice at some point uh, to not do that, um, to not go further in depth into the actual math to kind of say, okay, look, here's why mathematically this makes sense. Um, and that's because I think um, math is something that puts a lot of people off, you know, math is something yeah. that a lot of people, that's not the first thing they want to watch when they're on Netflix, you know, in fact, it's probably close to the last thing they want to watch on Netflix. Um, and, and to me, the, the point is, okay, hopefully, you know, and I, I see this about everything I do, like, it's just an invitation it's like, oh, here, let me tell you a little bit about this thing, just enough that you can get excited yourself and you can go out and look up more and, and read more and understand more yourself and, and kind of to empower you to do that and to give you kind of just a taste. And so for me, that's the kind of, it's true. I could have done better. I could have done more, um, uh, uh, me and the team that I, I, uh, I made this with. But, but, but we kind of made the decision we made on purpose and we did it the way we did it because because I think, you know, math is a, uh, it's a hard sell for a lot of people. And, and in a way we did it sort of the way we thought would appeal to a lot of people and especially people who, who would generally, you know, uh, the math would be the last thing they'd opt to, to watch, uh, you know, with their free time on Netflix, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think that's really interesting because I think that, yeah, the, maybe the, I think the most uh, tricky part and even science, how we can uh, grasp the tension of audience. Right. And I right. think masses in that case will make them turn it off. So I think um, right. that's really uh, maybe the most trickiest. And maybe that's an academy we 
we fail to do that, how we can make things sound interesting. And um, so, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I can't I can understand uh, why. Yeah. yeah, why it could be challenging. Yeah.